Holy shit, welcome to episode 532 of the Drunk Treasure Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? I'm doing pretty damn good right now. Good. I'll tell you what, earlier on this week, going through the work week, getting my paycheck and stuff, yeah, that was nice. But coming home, watching on my DVR, watching the Niners win against the Seahawks, and yep. blowout fashion. Uh, <laughs> not expecting that. But yeah, I'm in a hell of a better mood today yeah. <laughs> than I have been. So, <laughs> other than that, man, I mean, playing a hell of a lot of games. Actually, I mean, the year has been off with a bang. Mm-hmm. How have you been, Tyler? I'm doing all right. Uh, we talked. We were joking about for the show before the game even started. The Niners game. I sent you a message <laughs> saying, uh, "Congrats on winning by 30 points with uh, um, Brock Purdy only throwing the pat the ball 10 times." <laughs> and then it was like 17, 16. I'm like, I better delete that. I might jinx them. <laughs> and, then, and then after you did that, that's exactly what ended up yeah. happening. Only he threw more than 10 passes. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're welcome. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, no, I feel good. I feel, you know, it's nice to be back. It was nice having a you know, last week, having like a normal weekend. You know, we don't get a lot of those. So it was, it was like um, my first like normal, like just no podcast, no worries. Don't do anything on the weekend uh, in a long time since literally the game of the year last year. So, you know, definitely missed doing this. It was kind of weird not recording the podcast last week, but uh, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was nice just having, uh, you know, just to be able to chill out, relax, you know, and uh, play some games. I definitely stayed up way too late. I played way too much Vampire uh, Survivors. Um, <laughs> I was telling you, I, I had to delete, I deleted the game off my Xbox and then uh, I, for, I forgot I downloaded it on my PC as well. <laughs> and then I came over here and it was like I saved the icon at the bottom of my screen. I'm like, I guess I can play one more game. I'm like, I got to stop. <laughs> I, gotta, I played one game. I'm like, all right, I got, I'm done. I got, I got, I got. So even though it's funny because it's like a 400 megabyte game. But uh, yeah, I have to, uh, I, I, I got to take a break from it. I just need to get away from that game. But uh, no, I feel, I feel pretty good. You know, I beat a couple games as well. Um, you know, it's games from last year, but uh. Uh, well, I guess I beat one game, but I'm playing another game that came out last year. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more a little bit later. Um, some cool, a cool thing that we are doing though. We're it's 2023 now. Still weird to say, um, but uh, we uh, after this we are we are starting. We you know last year we did uh, our very first uh, fantasy critic uh, draft, um, yes. which uh, people maybe you, you don't you don't remember or you're not a long time listener or whatever. But uh, Gables and I it's uh, called uh, it's fantasy critic dot games, but um, we uh we we started a league where it's basically fantasy football, but uh we draft and then uh, we draft 20 games and then throughout the year we add games we bid with uh you know fake bucks, um to add games to our our fantasy uh team, and we uh whoever scores the most points wins. It's gotta be whoever has the most uh it's based off of like 70 is the baseline. Any point over 70 for the overall open critic score, which is kind of like an, it's kind of like Metacritic, uh you get 1.4. So uh. We're going to be doing a second podcast later on after this one uh, that will go up Wednesday morning. So keep an eye out for that one if you're interested. Uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, I've been looking forward to it. Spent a lot of time uh, working on my list, uh, getting it put together. Uh, so I'm very excited. It's quickly, it's becoming one of my favorite podcasts I do every year. What sucks is like all of like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doing the podcast, but it's like, we don't do a lot of like special podcasts. Like it's usually, you, you know, we like. Um, and they're all kind of like December, January. It's like we have like the year in review uh, podcast. We do the game of the year podcast. And then we have like the Finnish critic podcast. 
And then other than that, we basically just have like, it's like the E3 podcast and everything else. You know, I mean, like I, like I said, I enjoy doing the, uh, you know, the, what we've been playing, the new stuff, but like, it's fun doing something different. And, uh, we don't get to do a lot of those, but you know, they're all kind of congealed. And it's like a four week span. So, uh, but anyways, uh, we are back to, uh, talk about some video games, talk about some video game news and cables. Yes. There's been some news. There's been some shit happening. I was kind of, absolutely. It's kind of concerned. Cause like, um, like Wednesday, I was like, man, there's not uh, like something needs to happen because I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what we're going to talk about this week. Well, Gables, uh, Xbox came through for us. Um, they announced and there's been some rumors. I guess the, we, we could talk about the rumor, but there's only so much you could talk about with rumors uh, that there will be an Xbox and Bethesda direct uh, developer underscore direct. I don't know why the underscore is there. I hate it, but it's there. Um, and that is coming on January 25th. Uh, so uh the whole full two weeks out but basically the entire thing leaked like last week like tom henderson talked about it uh and like even had the date down and everything so i'm guessing they probably was like all right just fucking announce it and so here we are um they did announce that it's so far they've only announced that they're going to talk about uh four games uh at the at the event uh we get the link open here boom here mm. we go so they said uh confirmed so far that elder scrolls online forza motorsports minecraft legends and redfall will be there um, and kind of the idea of this one, it sounds like it's going to be more like a, a deep dive into these games and they're actually going to like talk to the developers, stuff like that. So kind of, I, I imagine closer to like, they do like the, they have like the E3 extended, uh, show they did in 2021, uh, that was like more deep dives into some of the games and they would sit down and talk to developers and get more info. And they did, I think they did the same thing last year, but at Gamescom where they kind of focused yeah. more on like the. If you want like the inside baseball stuff on these games coming out, uh, they had that for you. Um, so so far right now is what we have. We have, uh, like I said, we have Elder Scrolls Online uh, that will just come out. Um, or no, that's already out. they're gonna have but an update coming in 2023 uh, for ESO. Forza Motorsports that was um, that is a new 10 tur- the turn 10 game. Uh, they're gonna find well we haven't really had any actual gameplay on that one. We had like the I guess kind of sort of gameplay that we had when they announced it last year at the Summer Game Fest in June. Uh, get some details on that minecraft legends which is i believe that's like the oh it's a pvp multiplayer experience i was thinking it was a strategy game i don't know why uh but that is supposed to launch sometime this spring um and then redfall which is the arcane austin people they made like dishonored and prey um that is their like upcoming uh you know first person shooter game that's one of the vampires um which is interesting i was i was uh, reading an interview uh that i can't remember who did it but it was like uh, like a the director or something of Redfall, and yeah. we've been talking a lot about how like they they officially when they initially um, announced it uh, a couple of years ago, like it looked like they it was like a CGI trailer and it just looked like oh it's Left for Dead with vampires, and yeah. then they spent like a whole year saying no it's not it's not that at all, and then we finally got gameplay last year and it kind of looked a lot like Red, uh, Red you know. Dead. Left for Dead with vampires. Yeah, and um, <laughs> they did an interview actually talking about like. Uh, finally like talking about like the difference and they say it's more like a it sounds more like it's like a, a far cry game like a, it's more like an open world game um inside a, a town in massachusetts 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 yeah sure whatever that's i've never been able to say that word <laughs> um i'm very impressed people can do it uh but uh anyways it's gonna be happening in that state uh um, but yeah, so it's, it's more focused on like, you know, uh, customization and like, you know, uh, in the open world and stuff like that. But you can have four player co-op in there as well. Um, those are the four games announced. Um, 
no time they, they didn't put like a timetable how long it's going to last as far as i can see here uh but these said this is like this is focusing on the games coming in the next few months uh they didn't say uh they did also announce that bethesda um game studio starfield will have a standalone event uh later on um oh, okay. but i mean you know kind of like we've never had anything like this before like from xbox we've only ever had like e3 um same time sometimes at gamescom they'll do that weird uh how was the XO thing where it's like smaller stuff? Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a, a new thing. And it's thing I think we've all been talking about for years. Like I can't wait, you know, for them to start doing this. And I hope this, you know, I'm kind of excited about this, but what's kind of your expectations for what we can see here? All right. So my expectations of this event, it's obviously kind of low. And that's in regards of not all of the games they're going to be showcasing this event. I have much interest in, I mean, the Forza Motorsports thing, I think that would be interesting to see. Hopefully we get to see some gameplay footage of that, like what they've gone through to improve based upon like their last pure Forza Motorsports game. Redfall is the one I'm most interested in seeing is because of not just the premise of it itself, though, but after that interview, the developer interview saying it's more like a Far Cry, more like an open world style game. I'm kind of interested in seeing what type of array they're going to expand upon that, because if I could just do it like do that whole like game in regards to like a single player type of perspective and doing like an explorable thing like in Massachusetts and stuff like that. I mean, okay. Okay. Well, let's see how well this game is going to play. Let's yeah. see how well it's going to do that way. You know, am I going to be doing the standard type of Ubisoft things to where I have to clear out this specific thing and then collect this thing? Or is it something going to be uniquely different? And that's what I'm most excited to see from that one. Yeah. So what about you, Tyler? Um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, like the Elder Scrolls thing doesn't do anything for me. Uh, Forza, like I'm interested in. Like, I just I talked about this with like Forza Horizon Five that came out in 2020. It's like I really like that game. The game is incredible, but I kind of just wish that like we just got like a really good racing game that's not open world. Uh, like I kind of just miss my old school like like Need for Speed Underground stuff like that, and I would love to like kind of like have have like a a a really good looking well-made racing game that is not open world like i oh yeah like linear racer pretty much yeah like i just you know bring bring me bring me those back i know like there's like a lot of smaller racing games that do that but um i'm talking about some on the scale like a need for speed or a forza something like that so uh i'm kind of interested or whatever what was that or like a rich racer yeah yeah like um, yeah yeah but like i don't know forza most i don't know if it's gonna really do that for me because it's that's more of like a simulator one and i want like a i still kind of want my arcadey one i just want like you know just like i said just just remake need for speed underground god damn it um <laughs> but um yeah like i'm, I'm interested in that because like uh I, I, like i said and all the shit's coming to game pass too day one so uh even more interesting it's like i'm definitely gonna check out you know forza motorsports at the very least um and you know i had, I had a lot of fun with forza back in the day on 360 uh but uh Redfall 2 is definitely, or Redfall, I'm sorry, Redfall 1, not Redfall 2. We haven't got there yet. Uh, Redfall is a game, though, that I am as well. Uh, I think is like, this is like the big the big thing of this one. I'm, I'm happy it's finally getting like, maybe it'll finally get its chance to like, be like the main event. Because it's always kind of like, every time we see that, it's also, and, you know, it's Redfall and it's Starfield. And it's like, we had that two years ago. We had that last year. Um, and now, you know, we're hopefully this time it's going to get like it's big thing. And apparently it's, I mean, this game was supposed to come out before Starfield. Um, there was a leak that it's coming May 2nd. I can't, mm. I, I didn't see who like where that came from, but like I'm seeing like um, 
bigger websites pick up on that. So that tells me that there's some more validity to it. It's not just like right, right. something from Reddit. It's not just something small. This is like, you know, when you, when you like, usually like some of the websites I pay attention to that, like they do a really good job of leaking and they're usually right. But sometimes like, you know, IGNs and GameSpot, stuff like that, don't pick them up. Um, you always take it with a grain of salt sometimes. Uh, but I feel like when like the bigger sites are picking up on it, like that says that like there, there's something, there's a little more to it and there must be hearing something as well. Um, so May 2nd. Okay. Uh, and then there's also a, the guy that leaked, um, God, what did he, he leaked? Uh, what's the fucking, uh, Kojima game, the horror game. Was that something? Wait, the Kojima horror what's game? What's the game that we were locked? We, we saw the game, the gameplay leaked for, we watched that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one. I'm not sure. I'm blanking what it's the called, name. Though. I'm blanking on the name right now. But anyways, he leaked that, uh, the info on that. And he's leaked some other stuff in the past as well for Xbox. Um, he said he i guess he he came out and said that uh, uh there will be a starfield um commercial during the super bowl so there's that and huh. i wonder if that means i feel like if you're gonna announce that you're gonna want like a date on it so what this you're gonna is... you're gonna not only want a date on that thing but if it's gonna be as if it's gonna be as expensive as having an advertisement during the super bowl that is well known for even like for like a brief like 15 second commercial it's like over it's a it's, standard like fucking million dollars no it's it's like th- um three million dollars a second for Super three million dollars a second okay yeah so that's a lot more than i thought if it's yeah. gonna be like say a, a like a few minute trailer like showcase yeah. okay this is still this is chef no i, I imagine like they'll this be, gonna like be the, on this date you're gonna have to have a release date yeah. on it yeah i think you're definitely gonna want to like uh have some info on that one uh so Maybe that I, I wouldn't be shocked if by the, by the time this event's over, we get um, maybe a date for that um, event for the Starfield one. But I feel like coming out of this, like Forza, Minecraft, and Redfall all need to have release dates. Um, mm-hmm. All three of these games were um, at the Summer Game Fest show, Laura, and they said all this stuff is coming in the next twelve months. Um, so and it's like we're at the point now where it's like you know we've been we've seen these games multiple times. Um, I guess, well, Forza, we haven't, but, uh, you know, like Red Ball, we've seen twice now. This will be the third time we've seen it. Uh, right. Minecraft, we've seen m- multiple times. Elder Scrolls is Elder Scrolls Online. But, yeah. Um, yeah, at this point, we need dates. And it's like this thing we've been talking about for a while now, where it's like 2023, this has got to be the year where, like, we got to start seeing some results from them. Uh, and it's got to be consistent release dates of this year. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be able to hit the one a quarter like they're hoping to do. I don't think that's, I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, we definitely got to start seeing a steady stream of big games they coming. They definitely have the potential of having it this year, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you were, we were talking about, like, if they can have Forza and Q1, Redfall Q2, and, well, I guess, I mean, Starfield's supposed to be first half, but maybe that gets pushed to July or something. Because, um, I mean, you look at I mean, May's, if, if Redfall's May, June's already pretty packed. You got Street Fighter, Final Fantasy 16. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think Starfield would be the biggest of the three, just from like commercially would be the biggest uh, th- of the three games. Um, but um, yeah, like I, I could see them, you know, even though they said, you know, 12 months, uh, I could see that game get pushed a little bit just because it's like, hey, we don't want to fight with this. Push it to July or something like that. Push it to August. Um, and I'm sure the team probably can use some more time to work on it as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I just feel like, yeah, at this point, like, this is a shitter got the pot kind of year for them where like, I, you know, like where I think this is like, they're, I'm not gonna say the last chance. Like they can always come back. They, all they gotta do is have a, like a few good hits and 
we all forgive them. You know, we're pretty forgiving. Consumers are pretty forgiving about this shit. Once you're, you know, once you start doing some cool shit, we're right back on it. Um, you go just look at the Wii U's at the Switch. You know, you know, with like the the hardcore is stuck around, but the majority the majority of people left, and then here they are on their back. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm curious of like, are we gonna get more than these four games? How long is this event gonna be? Like, because um, that could be kind of cool. Like. They does such a great job of like announcing and showing off all these like smaller games, all these like indie games coming to the like, Game Pass Day One, or like you know, doing a good job of like announcing and revealing and like giving some of these like smaller games a platform at like E3 and stuff like that. And they'll tweet about it here and there. Um, but how many people actually like follow like mainstream people follow Twitter or like? But I think these kind of things will make more headlines than. Um, just you know more regular you know joes out there and jans out there will will see the stuff uh than if it was just a tweet um you know so like kind of like you know like where, where directs happen or state of plays where they can focus on um a lot of games and like throughout the year and keep mentioning them and like keep them you know in in, in your mind in the forefront and it's like i think they'd be a really good job of like doing that with like all these games they like they show off and announce uh, but then we don't hear about them for a year or we don't hear about them until like, well, now they're just out on Game Pass now. And here's a tweet about, or like we might see tweets, but like, you know, we're the hardcores. We're the people that are, we listen to the podcast. We go on Twitter. We read the news. We, you're on Reddit. You're on wherever. You're on, you're on Discord channels, stuff like that. You know about that stuff. Uh, but the, the vast majority of people won't. And you're just kind of hoping that like you, like pe- people just like, if it's a Game Pass game people like are just scrolling through game pass and like, Oh, what's this? And they check it out and they give it a chance. But like, if you put this out here, people are seeing it. And even like hard gamers, like there'll, there'll be games that get announced at these events. And I'll totally forget about half of them. Uh, 20 minutes after the, the show is over. Uh, but if you keep showing them to the showing it to me and keep them, this keep, can make it so I can't forget about them. Um, yeah. Like Exile primal, that weird Capcom dinosaur shooting game. Uh, they showed it off like three fucking times last year. I can't not think about that game because they won't stop telling me about it. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love this idea. I hope this becomes a more, um, I don't know if it's going to be like an, uh, like an annual thing every January, but like if we get a couple of these a year or like they do a job of like, like maybe we get one of these at the beginning of the year and then we get one, we get the E3 in June, we get Gamescom in August, like and maybe a couple smaller things here and there to kind of sprinkle it in to kind of, or like, even like this, like just having three bigger shows like this a year would be great. Um, you know, give uh, give a chance for these games to shine and stuff like that. But like, I love this, um, and I hope I hope this becomes a normal thing. I don't know, like obviously we don't know how long this thing's gonna be, how much of a drag this could be, but uh, I'm hopeful and I'm excited because uh, this is something I've been talking about for years. I want Xbox to do, and I'm pretty excited that they're finally doing it. Um, any last words though on the Xbox with event, Gables? Oh no, no, no. And also, I kind of wanted to apologize for my brief little thing, but uh, I was uh, trying to pick up my dog and stuff. My dad kind of like uh, asked me to come out in the room and stuff, right? And uh, he was sleeping throughout this entire thing because he's he's like he's like a seventy-something-year-old man, you know. He's gonna fall asleep while he's trying to watch things, and he was watching that football game. And so we're looking at the post game. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It looks like the looks like it looks like such and such one. And then we looked at the scores, like the post game, Jacksonville thirty-one, then then thirty. They came back from like a 27-point deficit. Are you serious? I am not joking. 
you and I are going to have to watch this again because Trevor Lawrence had like four interceptions the first half. and he's First quarter. The first quarter. And he had a touchdown before halftime. And they literally threw four touchdowns. <laughs> Sorry. Oh Sorry, listeners. My I know it's a gaming port podcast, but it, it was just kind of a kind of a hilarious thing that happened. Holy shit. They were down 27 to nothing and they won 31 to 30. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I like, I quit watching because I thought it was a blowout. So I was just like, well, I'm not going to watch this. That's what I did too. Yeah. <laughs> but, wow. But anyway, that aside though. Yeah. I have nothing else I left to say for the Microsoft thing. <laughs> okay. Woo. All right. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. My brain's broken. All right. Uh, well, let's move on then here and try to reset. Uh, let's, let's make fun of Ubisoft cables. Um, okay. so Ubisoft just had like their annual quarterly, whatever you want to call them. And, mm-hmm. um, they, we got some news from them. Uh, school, school and bones has been delayed for a, um, so people are reporting it as a six time, but if you, if you count, um, so they've, there's been six official dates it's been delayed of, but if you count the three times, it's got like a. Like it's coming out in this fiscal quarter or whatever like that. It's actually nine times it's been delayed. It's been delayed nine times, Gables. Uh, it is now said to be coming uh, the next fiscal year. So somewhere between April 1st of this year and March 31st of next year. Um, they announced that they're canceling. They've canceled three more games. That is seven games. All of these are unannounced. Uh, that's seven games that they've announced that have been unannounced games have been canceled since last summer. Um Mario Plus Rabbids and Just Dance 2023 are considered to be uh, disappointments from a sales perspective. Um, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's shocking when Just Dance is not doing great. Uh, that's not good. Because uh, I like I don't know who plays those games, but they always sell extremely well. Uh, I mean, they were putting them on the Wii just two years ago. Uh, so, um, but also, Yves Gamolt sent an email out to his entire, the entire, all the all their employees on Wednesday stating uh, this is directly from the email today more than ever. I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. I am also asking that each of you be especially careful and strategic, especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible. The ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time and at the expected level of quality and show every, everyone what we are capable of achieving. Um, basically saying, uh, you guys need to fix this, um, which what a, what a fucking douche. Um, basically saying, I don't know. I, I, I just hate when it's like, Hey, it's on you to fix this shit. Like I, like I fucked it up. Now you got to fix my mess. Um, it's like, fuck you. Um, we, we've seen this, all the stuff we like, they've been talking about publicly. I'm shocked how much they talk about, but also Everything you hear about behind the scenes, where they like part of like a thing we've seen a lot in gaming the last few years is games get announced like the second they get fucking greenlit, they're fucking announced. Yeah, uh, I mean we we saw um, they announced the next Elder Scrolls game five years ago, uh, and that mm-hmm. game isn't even like actually in development like full development yet. Uh, so um, you hear about like Cyberpunk got announced four years before it started development, shit like that. Yes. Um, so like. Uh, so like we've heard about like there's the there's the division uh free to play game they're making uh that they end up canceling and then they went and worked on something else 
Well, then they canceled that and then went back to the division uh, free to play game. Um, right. They like there's that game X Defiant that they announced like two years ago. That's like a free to play. Looks like a Call of Duty knockoff looking game. Um, that they announced at this big event. They had previews for that people come out and like play the game, and we've literally not seen it since. Um, did that game get canceled? Um, Division Heartland, which actually might be that free to play game I was talking about. I can't. I don't remember. Um, but I'm just. I, it's it's baffling. Um, what this what is going on with this with the studio with with this company, um, where they're just throwing shit out there at this point. And like, hey, there was a time in like the two in the early 2010 era, the beginning of that, you know, with the end of PS3, the, end, the beginning of PS4, uh, really starting with like Far Cry 3, but like they were like throwing shit out there and everything was hitting, you know, like Assassin's Creed was bigger than ever. Um, fucking like I said, Far Cry turned around, Watch Dogs, uh, they had uh, Valiant Hearts, uh, Child of Light, Rayman came back and was awesome. Um, they were just everything came out and was just good. Um, this um, the trials games, the the motorcycle games, um, and it, now it's just like everything they put out is just like kind of underwhelming from uh, consumer standpoint of sales and also consumer standpoint of the games not being that great. Um, you know, like what was the last Sass Tree game was like it sold really well, uh, probably, but it didn't sound like it sold really well for them for a Sass Tree game. But I feel like consumers, I think that was kind of a point of like everybody's like, all right, we're kind of burnt on these games. Um, then you think about like, what's the fucking Roller Champions? Remember that game came out last May? Yep. Um, I haven't heard about, heard, I've heard about that game since it came out last May. And like they announced the game like six years bef- like, before that. And it finally just came out and they announced it a week beforehand. And they just kind of put it out. <laughs> Uh, and like Skull Bones is probably like it's kind of the same thing if they but they just can't actually put it out for some weird reason. Um, they've announced like four they have four different Assassin's Creed games they've announced that are in development right now. Um, five actually if you include the the, the mobile version. Um, Prince of Persia they announced the remake they they revealed at E3 2020. The game was supposed to come out in January 2021, and last summer they had a like start all over again on that game that scrap everything a year and a half after the games initially come out they've had like they switched development teams totally scrapped that entire thing they're just starting all over again um i i beyond good and evil 2 gables they said that game is still in development do does anybody believe them hmm you know what this tells what this tells me is they're in code red absolutely they're in code red this looks like a potential and i'm speculating this i have no insider information upon this but this looks like something that they're trying to do a last ditch effort or else they're going to be selling off so like stuff insider info on that one gables they tried they last year they were trying to sell but the problem is um nobody wants to buy them because they're just kind of too big because the amount the amount of because they have so many different studios a lot of tiny small studios because like i think like these has three games they have like 12 different studios like a lot of them yep. are like smaller team studios but like support studios working on these games um you know which isn't unusual like call of duty has a bunch of support studios shit like that like playstation games shit like that every every game every, yeah. every major game has support studios they hire people to help them uh but they have but they have a lot of those um they have all these plates are spinning uh and they're just they're 
it's just it's too much for like any like serious gaming company or game a company that wants to get into gaming could probably really get into like I'm sure like obviously like an Apple can buy them or an Amazon could probably buy them but it's right. like also it's like you guys are so kind of fucked up right now it's like why like the, you would have to like lay a bunch of people off to like make this you know to kind of make some of this make sense um which was it would be awful and it's like but also the problem is is Ubisoft is shedding talent like crazy they're just losing people because yep. with all the reports about um they like the way they treat their staff everybody's overworked they under they're underpaid uh they they are based out of like Montreal some of their bigger studios uh they're based in areas where like there's a ton of gaming game developers that work in those cities and there's a ton of studios in those cities and people just leave and go to other studios where they're probably yeah. making more money and being treated better. Uh, and then like you see this email here where it's like, it's on you guys to fix it, which is just to me, like I've been in meetings where like, where like things are bad at your job and like management's just like, well, you guys need to fix this. And it's like, mother, like how is this our problem? Like I've been in, <laughs> I've been in companies where like literally like you're laying people off. The company's going under and they're telling us that we need to fix it. It's like, We've like everybody has known the issues for a long time. Like the issues were here long before we started working here, uh, and they've only gotten worse. And you guys have been here the whole time, and you're telling me I gotta fix it. So like I've been there, um, and like you know obviously this is like you're not this is not one to one comparison, but like it's a shitty feeling, and it's like just destroys morale even more. Um, and uh, so yeah, like I, I like, it's it sucks because like I know it's like it's people like yeah it's like it's fun to dunk on these it's fun to dunk on big companies stuff like that. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, like if something were to happen to Ubisoft, like that's a big loss for gaming. Like they put that out a, a lot big of loss. big games. Um, go ahead. Well, yeah, like I said, like it is a big loss in terms of like the scale of what Ubisoft was at one point to where they were one of the big third party yeah. developers alongside Activision and also alongside like Square Enix and like, yeah. all these EA and stuff like that as well. Where they had all these different games, all these different like well-known franchises and stuff, and now they're potentially looking into selling off some of their like intellectual properties and stuff like that to try to cut down some fat. You yeah. know, that's a big swift and change like ten years ago, as opposed to now. You yeah. know, it's it is mostly their fault though. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, I mean, not just because of their whole issues with their management so with East and all the other types of like bullshit that's been going on in terms of their workers and facilities and things that are not being called out and made accountable for but also in terms of gaming decisions you know like some of the implementations of questionable marketplace stuff inside of some of their games like with one of their Tom Clancy games yeah their whole crypto marketplace or something that they yeah. have going with Where that shit they put they put like a little keychain charm thing on your gun on a first person shooter games that you couldn't actually see yeah it was an nft yeah like yeah yeah that didn't make any sense and at the same point it was so laughably bad that hardly anybody wanted to actually get involved in buy inside the marketplace itself because yeah. it was that stupid well but, and, they, uh... and they put it in they put it in that splinter cell game that was like the game that came up that was so bad that like remember they just delayed everything like two years ago yep they pushed everything back like a year. Um, and it has, has a guy that plays, uh, I can't remember, he's from Walking Dead. Um, um, uh, you know okay. what I'm talking about. He plays uh, the Marvel character. The guy that shoots everybody. 
Punisher. Punisher. Yeah, that guy. It, it was uh, that was that game that came out. And it was just like so underwhelming and not done and half baked. And that's the problem. Like all their games that come out, like are just not all their games, but like a lot of their games, like especially these like free to play games, they're trying to find that they want that white whale that everybody wants. We see PlayStation. They got like 12 games or whatever live service games in like in development right now. And it's like, they're just throwing shit out there. They put that one hyperscape or whatever it was. Uh-huh. It came out like three years ago or two years ago. And within like a couple months, that game was gone. Roller champions. They just shit that thing out. Um, they X defiant heart division heartland. Um, they put, they put out these games are just like, um, they're just, try, they just want to like hit so bad. But the problem is like, you know, we're done. We're all dumb consumers to a certain extent. You know, we just want to see the cool shit and we'll buy the, like, here, shut up, take my money. Um, like I mentioned, like you do, like you can lose us real fast, but you can get us back real fast. Um, mm-hmm. I made that example with the Xbox with like looking at Nintendo with going from the Wii to the Wii U back to the switch where like everybody's on board and then everybody's off board and then everybody's right fucking back. Like we will come back as fast as we left. Um, but it's like, it's just so many years of just like throwing out shit. And it's like, we can feel when you guys don't like when the heart's not there, when like, even you aren't like fully sold on it. Like, and it's been very obvious that they haven't been fully sold on some of these games. Um, and like, and I, just a lot of live service games that they've put yeah. out, just don't pander out to anything. You know, it's like, they're so gung ho upon having multiple different live service, mega style of games or whatever the heck they want to try to paraphrase it into this, these terms and stuff like that these big heavy hitting terms or some to try yeah. to fill boxes and some stuff you know in order to get this all into place but it uh, doesn't matter how many times they try to do that they don't fully execute on any of their live service games to the point where people do not want to invest long term because they have been burned by previous projects like the the last major tom clancy like ghost recon game blacklist or, 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 something? or blacklist yes it was called it? blacklist okay they got burned on that. I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the game of the Assassin's Creed game that I I liked a lot, and you've never played, but you know the name of it. What's the name Syndicate. of it? Syndicate. Syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I beat that game. You've never even played it, and you know the name of it. I don't. But I remember Blacklist. Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. But yeah, you know what? It's it's just multiple prong of like bad miscues, bad PR stuff, bad management decisions and stuff that quintessentially ruined their upwards trend of what they've had like over 10 years ago now and with skull and crossbones being delayed in 2023 like the late 2023 early 2024 that window i i'm pretty much considering that game dead at yeah. this point because well, it's they, like... they have to put it out otherwise they have to give back uh the taiwan i think like they have a studio they built in taiwan i believe it is um and if because they got a bunch of like grants from the government and if yep. that game doesn't come out they gotta pay them back like tens of millions of dollars that game oh, has you know to what? come out. It, it may come out though, but it's gonna come out dead. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they're. I'm wondering if they're pivoting it to the free to play. And I don't know if they'd be better or not. I don't. At this they, point, they have to earn some sort of money back, right? So they're probably gonna probably put it as a free to play game. Yeah, so but that, you uh, almost wonder if they'd sell. It'd be better off being sixty dollars, seventy dollars. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I don't know if anyone wants to pay six or seventy dollars for that. Yeah, I mean, but I think a lot of people will see that and it's a Ubisoft game, and it's like. It, it looks it, graphically it looks pretty good so like i'm sure people they could sucker enough people in that makes some get something out of that but i don't know uh but yeah like you mentioned like if and then like yeah like 
you play their games and they're so like even like good games like division um or like some of their last three games you you but you go in there you go into the, the map and then you go one thing over and like day one there's a million different microtransactions in there there's yep. 50 different like skins uh for your horse in assassin's creed or your like different armor or different guns you can get in division like day one and then there's like you can buy uh more um items like to you know for your loadouts uh or to upgrade your weapons or you could pay ten dollars to double your xp um yep. which i've never done <laughs> for Gables, they make fun of me cables uh, justin's still mad at me about that by the way for doing that in odyssey um but um i don't regret that honestly but uh yeah like yeah, like when you play the games, it's like, oh, this you go one tap over, and you're like, oh, this is kind of gross. Uh, which I understand. Like, they're in every game, not every, but they're in a lot of big games nowadays. And like, we as consumers, I think, understand that. But like, there's just a there's a level, you know, there's a level here. It's like, can we at least, you know, get dessert, have a couple drinks before you know you try to there's a line slide in there. There's a line between like being fair and balanced and stuff, and being completely greedy and being completely like. Uh, dark in regards to how you portray it and stuff and the thing about some of those games that ubisoft puts out it's like they dance that fine line and they cross into it rather easily because you could easily get sucked into it if you're well if you don't do your due diligence and you're not like indequated like with what goes on with some of these microtransaction stuff Mm. but uh it's getting to the point and stuff with their games that it's starting to drift into the quality of their games to where you cannot technically play their games without having to spend some form of microtransaction yeah. in the said game. Yeah. And then like, I was talking about like, you know, with like them having the double XP or like buying more items to upgrade your equipment or your ammo or whatever. Oh yeah. Like the whole Assassin's Creed stuff, yeah. because that, that leveling thing, that, that leveling thing like with characters and like with enemies and stuff come pretty much go with you. And the only reason why you could feel maybe overpowered or something, feeling like that source Just of power levels. that sustain level or something like that is if you invest microtransactions yeah. into it, it well, gets stronger. Gear. And like, even if the game is not made, like it, it invites the idea in your head that like, did they make the game? So you don't level up as fast or you don't, earn enough of compo- consumables or components throughout the game so you don't have to pay for it like so like even if like the game is actually fair and balanced it invites the idea in your head that well maybe they're trying to fuck me over here so um yeah i don't know but uh, like like i said i i want ubisoft to turn around hope they figure it out because like they're a big loss we, we don't have with you know with bethesda and activision essentially being bought um there's not a lot of big you know studios out there anymore so we want the more of these out there the better it is for everybody so like we definitely want this to to work out for them like i don't want to see them buy i don't want to see them go um but yeah like they definitely need to figure it out and like eves gumbolts all of his children have left the, the studio i left the company so it's like he doesn't even have an heir anymore uh it's very uh mcmanish over there um right now so um but gables we got a little bit of time here so let's Let's get into this here. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to bring this over here. I'm going to do, we're going to switch it up a little bit. So everybody just bear with me for a second while 
I have a lot of plates and spinning over here, so I'm going to put this Neil. And we are going to share a screen. We're going to go heal. We're going to go bam. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. I don't want you to look at that. That one. That's what I want you to look at. So we are going to Gables together. We're going to look at okay. our the Game Informer list here. So if you are an audio listener, please Alrighty. bear with us as we do this. Give me a second here. Oh, you hush. God damn it. All right. Well, I'm in the wrong thing. Too much shit going on. Yeah. Too many. No, you're fine. Uh, here. Game should have this prepared in the form of 2023 release dates. Bam. Bada bing. Way easier. Boom. Done. <laughs> All right. Here, I'll do a share screen with you, Gables. Give me a second. Okay. Bam. Done. Boom. All right. So. Okay, so we're going to look at here. Sorry for all that. So if you're an audio listener, bear with us. We are doing a, um, we're going to look at the Q1 release dates uh, okay. for 2023 as later right now. Let's talk about kind of what we're looking forward to here. So we're kind of in, we're in the, it's January 14th as we're going here. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's, let's kind of start off here. Let's go through game. We're on gameinformer.com slash 2023. Uh, let's start off here, Gables. January 19th, coming to everything, but most importantly, coming to Game Pass. Okay. And what do we call Game Pass Gables? The best deal in gaming. Goddamn right. Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. How are we feeling? I'm feeling it's a good game to invest in on Game Pass. You feel it in your loins? What's that? Do you feel it in your loins? Oh, I feel it deep. That's for <laughs> sure. Oh, he does. <laughs> um, oh. I'm kind of... I'm curious about that game kind of curious about them not gonna lie to you guys i will i will say this tyler if you ever do invest inside a persona game you know a persona 4 golden definitely is a good start okay okay i might check it out it'll ease you into it all right, all right. i like being easy into things um but to come out the next the very next day january 20th kind of a bigger day brand new game mm-hmm. oh persona 3 portable also comes to uh game pass on january 19th also a good that. game. Yeah, I didn't realize Shimigami Tensei and Persona were the same thing. Um, yes, only like uh, Persona is the spinoff series of Shimigami Tensei. Okay, all right. Um, uh, but January twentieth, Gables, Fire Emblem Engage. How are we feeling about this one? I know you're the, you're like the biggest Fire Emblem person in the world, so. Honestly, it looks good from what I've seen. I've actually rather interested in seeing what else is going to occur in regards to uh, how it performs. Not just how it performs, like on uh, release day, but also in terms of how well it'll do in reviews. Because I'm not sure, you know, because the game definitely has that homage stuff, and like more or less resembles that to say like a Path of Radiance or like a uh, on GameCube or even oh, like yeah. Fire Emblem Awakening and sort of that type of styling. I like how it's portrayed from the game footage I've seen of it the past couple of weeks and stuff. It definitely seems like it's comparable. Definitely seems like it's going to do pretty well. Yeah. Okay, I've just seen I've seen a lot of um, mixed reactions to the so far what we've gotten. So I think a lot of people are just concerned. Um, but also the same day coming to Game Pass, big 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 two days for Game Pass. You got two Persona games and Monster Hunter Rise, also coming to everything, but also Game Pass as well. Um, 
I'm actually uh, kind of want to check this one out uh, just because I've played really played a monster uh, game before, and I at least want to check it out. But uh, and maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll dig with it. But I'm looking forward to that Wild Hearts uh, more than that. But uh, at least want to check it out. Um, but uh, do you want to say something? Else? Yeah. Okay. But like I was saying, yeah. You know, that Monster Hunter and stuff, I haven't really got too much into it. But Rise is a pretty good entry point as well into the series. Yeah. So I figure at least uh, give it a chance if I have time. Because January 24th, Forspoken. Oh, yeah. That's right. That game is coming out fairly soon. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Like, I am, like, I feel like I'm trying to convince myself to be optimistic about this thing. <laughs> like, I don't know if this thing is That's not good if you have to convince yourself no. to be excited about this game. I don't know. I feel like I'm almost, like, defending it when I talk about it to people. Like, uh, and I have no idea why I'm defending it. Like, I played the demo and it seemed pretty good. Uh, but I'm not, like... I feel like that's one of those games, like, best case, it's, like, it's going to be, like, a sevens game, but also it could, it could be, like, bad. It could just be bad. Uh, I don't I don't know. I feel like, at best, this game is going to be okay. Uh, but I like the gameplay of it. I like looking at it visually. It looks really cool. Um, I just don't. I mean, I'm this is a game I'm super uh, curious about reviews. Probably, like, in a long time for, re- like, reviews for a game. I'm, like, mm-hmm. probably the most interested I've been in a game for a long time. Uh, but a few days later, Dead Space fucking remake Gables. It's finally happened. January 27th. Oh, yeah. uh, day one buy for sure. Uh, I love Dead Space 1 and I love Dead Space 2. I even kind of like Dead Space 3, even though it's a bad Dead Space game. It's actually a pretty decent game. Um, but I'm uh, all in on this remake. Gables, what about you? Honestly, I am kind of excited to see how well that performs. I want to see what they've changed from the original. I want to see if it's much more engrossing than what the Ishimara and stuff was originally mm-hmm. in the game, Dead Space. And uh, I hope it makes me want to pick it up. Yeah. Um, I watched that they just put out a, a new trailer for that game, like the, the launch trailer for that game mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago, and I watched it, and it was just chills. Chills. Mm. I'm so pumped for that fucking game. Uh, next up here, though, Hogwarts Legacy, come out February 10th. I actually actually I thought this game looked pretty good the first time we saw it, but every time I've seen it since then, I'm just more and more confused and less interested in this game as it goes. <laughs> I just I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm like, what is this game? I don't even know what this game is anymore. Um, then it has a weird like PlayStation like there's a store or something. I don't even fuck. I'm so fuck. Right. The uh, the Switch port got pushed to August, um, so and I mean it's been delayed I think three times in the last year, so. Um, who knows how this thing's gonna do? But yeah, but I'm not a huge Harry Potter guy, anyways. But I don't know. The first time I saw it, I'm like, this game looks pretty good. Um, and uh, I don't know. Just kind of curious about that one. I think it's gonna yeah. do all right. I think Hogwarts Legacy is gonna do all right in terms of like its gameplay performance and stuff. I think it's gonna get. I don't think it's gonna be rated reviewed like fairly highly and stuff because I still feel like there's just a lot of people that are just aimlessly like uh shitting on the game just because of like jk rowling yeah, and some I, shit but at the same time i think it's going to be a I, good game but like it's not going to be like a upper echelon say like a 85 to like 90 point game i think it's going to be like maybe 75 yeah. i think best. the game like for the big sites will review normally there'll be a blurb in there about rowling probably i don't think that's gonna be a major issue but i feel like yeah i, I think the smaller sites um probably just want to, if they're if they are they have a problem with their or anything they just won't review it um i think what's gonna hurt that game more than anything is those is those switch reviews <laughs> the switch reviews definitely yeah. will definitely will affect it and that's probably why they're not 
that's probably why yeah. they got delayed. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I still I think they're gonna be like one of the probably at the end of the year, like will be one of the 10, 12 best selling games of the year because like, um, it's it's a yeah. huge IP, one of the biggest IPs in the world, and like Lego Star Wars, yep. another WB game, is like I think one of the is like fourth or fifth in twenty twenty two for the best selling mm-hmm. game. So, um, theater real theater rhythm final bar line Gables February sixteenth. You love that game on three DS, didn't you? That I'm not gonna, okay. Yeah. Yes. Curtain Call was the game that I played through on uh, the 3DS, and that was really fun. It was more or less the gimmick of the touchscreen and, like, the various notes and stuff. You had to follow up on the touchscreen while trying to match notes and stuff with the D-pad. It was it was weird for a control style, but I loved the music of the game because it took a lot from the classic Final Fantasy games. Plus, it did have some paid DLC to where you could download certain songs from various classic Super Nintendo games or other classic Square Soft games. Now it's like a season pass for this game, so. Yeah, I, I can understand that completely. But yeah, I'm interested in seeing how well that does too. Um, February 17th, I mentioned already. Wild Hearts. That's that uh, Team Ninja. Uh, is it Team Ninja or Koi Tecmo? I think it's Koi Tecmo. Tecmo. Um, but that's like they're like EA is like publishing this game, uh, but it's basically their version of like a. A monster game and it looks really cool um i'm excited to yes. check this out. what's cool is uh if you have ea play or if like game pass ultimate uh this game will should pop up like three or four days on there to play and you can do, do a, like a 10 hour preview thing of uh to check it out and um i'm definitely gonna be doing that as soon as i can because uh i think the game could be really cool um i think it's gonna be surprising yeah I'm, I'm hopeful uh, a game i'm also very hopeful for hopeful for Atomic Hearts. Um, this is a game. A lot of people are comparing it to Bioshock. It's like a like, uh, based in like Russia. Um, it's coming out February twenty first. Uh, it's a uh, day one Game Pass game as well. But I don't know how game how well that game is actually gonna do. Like it's one of those. It's just like a total wild card. Like but everything I've seen of this game looks amazing. Um, I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. it's coming to Game Pass, so I'm definitely at least gonna give it a chance. But I really hope this, this is a game I'm like actually like really excited to play. Oh yeah, Atomic Hearts. Atomic Hearts looks pretty decent from yeah. what I've seen. Um, like a dragon, Ishin Gables. I always I mix up. There's the, hmm. the 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 man who something. There's the two dragon like the dragon games come out this year, and I've, yes, there are. Like one is remake. based upon like the feudal Japan yeah. and stuff like that, and the other one was based upon like the like the uh, in betweens of Yakuza Six plus like the. Ones after yeah, it and like stuff. Of, one's a remake that did that was only came out in Japan. I don't I don't remember which one. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you guys on that one. Um, like a dragon Ishin though, I, I think it looks pretty decent yeah. from what I initially have seen. It's basically like the style of the open world oh, Yakuza yeah, yeah, games yeah. and stuff, but in yeah, Japan. okay. So Ishin is the Fatal Japan one then. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. I, I keep there's like the there's like the modern day one, the man who something. Um, I, I mixed up. I didn't know which one was which. So, um, but let's move on here. Uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, February twenty fourth. That is like that late Wii game that came out, uh, getting ported to Switch. Gables is. I think it's gonna be okay. I mean, it was one of the better Kirby Kirby games that was uh, that came out for a while, you know. And it was a surprise hit on the Wii, because at that time and stuff, they there really wasn't a lot of Kirby games that released on the Wii. But that one was a surprise hit for people because of the co-op feature of it. But there's no online co-op oh. for this. 
I don't think that this is going to be doing as great, say, as what, like, Return to Dreamland was last year. Yeah. But uh, I think it's probably going to be, I want to say, late 70s. I'm going to guess. I'm going to speculate for yeah, that. Maybe. I think what's going to be, I think this game will actually sell pretty well because people love Forgotten Land so much. Yeah. I think they'll be disappointed yes. to find out it's actually Absolutely. just like, uh, it's not like, it's, it's like they don't realize it's a remaster of like an old game. They probably think it's more Forgotten Land. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked about that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure the game will do fine. Um, Octopath Traveler 2 coming out also February 24th. Um, yeah, That's so right. Wow. Yeah. But that's also coming to everything. That's actually not a Switch exclusive this time. Well, yeah, it's coming out Xbox. every... It's right. coming out. Well, that's, that's a shame. But at the same point, I, yeah, I can understand the the expansiveness of uh, the multiple platforms of the re- release, you know, because it sold well on the on the Switch because of the exclusivity and stuff. But on other platforms, it, it, feels, it did yeah, sell it fairly well. Pass. I think it still might be on Game Pass, um, the first one. I think it still is on Game Pass, I think. Yeah, I'm not I sure. Remember. Uh, next up, February 28th, though, Gable, this is a big one for you, Destiny 2, Lightfall. Oh, yeah, Lightfall is definitely going to be interesting. I'm not sure about the quality of the expansion itself, but Bungie has gone through a whole bunch of different, like, uh, improvements upon the game of, like, the game of Destiny 2 in general in preparation for the whole Lightfall expansion. I mean, hell, this past week, they randomly, like, on a, like, out of the blue or some put out this announcement on Twitter that they have pretty much unlocked most of the like mods and stuff for uh, destiny two and stuff just for free for everybody in that regards, except for like raid mods and like uh, certain certain other mods and stuff like that. And so you basically now have like mods that some people were literally spent, <laughs> spent the last couple of years trying to unlock certain things because they were tied to this one vendor, like eight Oh one or some like just trying to unlock her, like mods and stuff like that from weekly like refreshes and stuff. And now they got access to all these, like these regular mods and stuff to try to make certain builds and stuff. But that's in preparation of Lightfall, which, you know what? I am kind of excited to see what Lightfall is going to portray. At the same time, I will say that Witch Queen was definitely Mm. fun. It was definitely a great expansion. It was in my top 10 list for the last year. And for good reason, too, because it was a good, solid quality expansion. They delved upon different story aspects that were great. And I'm kind of expecting even more in regards to Lightfall and also in terms of what other type of core aspects of gameplay they're going to be changing, Bungie. Because they've already changed a couple of long-term like Destiny 2 features that uh, are much more accessible to everybody instead of just like for everybody that's been playing since day one pretty much consistently every day and they're more aiming it towards their broad they're expanding their horizons for people that maybe dip their toes into their like maybe a couple of weeks out of the year or a couple weeks out of their things or maybe they're an expansion time they'll come in and like maybe play like a month and that's it which i do appreciate because ain't no way in hell i'm playing that game every day (laughs) gotta get those dailies oh no oh no that's how i get burnt out quick yeah i, I couldn't imagine doing that um that just sounds like work um oh i'll try doing that a world world of warcraft <laughs> it was i'd rather have to rather have to line up and try to block aaron donald uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on 
Uh, that was a good one. Thank you. I'm not kidding. I would. <laughs> um, moving on, though. Um, Aaron Donald's like the greatest defensive tackle in all football history. So people don't no know. No doubt. He's yes, excellent. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but I would not want to fuck with that man. Just look up, type in Aaron, Don- uh, Aaron Donald topless. Uh, and you will see why <laughs> that that's that's a big deal. Um, it's a it's a beefcake for sure. Uh, moving on here though, March third, Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Uh, oh, yeah. like, that's like that Unreal Five engine game. I think it's like one of the first Unreal. Wolong Fallen Dynasty. That's the one that I think that was made from the. Well, isn't that the game that was made from the Neo developers? I think you might actually be right. Um, Wulong. but it's like. Because that one seemed kind of interesting. We ever saw that was like Unreal Engine Five. Are you sure it's that one or Black Myth Wukong? Oh, maybe you're right. I'm mixing those up. I think you're misinterpreting this that game you were saying with. You are 100 percent correct. Uh, I am. I can see how it's easy to get these two mixed up because they're both having the same moniker of like. It is Team Ninja and oh, Koi Tecmo and Team Ninja are the same people. So it's Team Team Ninja's got two games coming out in like three weeks because they got. Wild Hearts and this. Who the fuck they, they think they are? Yeah. Who, who they think they are? Square Enix putting out 16 games in one month? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, mm, I think the game looks cool, but it's definitely like a... Uh, it's coming to Gay Pass Day 1? Holy shit. Um, I didn't know yeah. That. It's yeah. worth a try. Uh, but that's like... It looks very much like a... Uh, uh, like a Souls-like game. So uh, There's a demo out there you can play. I, I've yet to check it out, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, is this, did that one do anything for you? You're the soul guy of the two. Well, that's the thing. I mean, oh, I'm interested in trying it out. I mean, hell, it's going to be on Game Pass and stuff. So when it comes out, maybe I'll just give it a download, just yeah. give it a shot. Um, I'll ch- I'm, I might check it out based off if based off what people say about it, but but it really all depends upon like uh, what games I'm going to be playing yeah. late February yeah. and getting preparation for other big games yeah, in March. Uh, this first quarter is pretty packed. A lot of really pretty cool games oh, yeah. out. Um, a lot of potential this this first quarter. Um, some more potential here. March seventeenth, Bayonetta Origins, Ceriza, and the Lost Demon. That's that weird. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the fuck's happening in the game. I, I I don't know what the fuck that game even is. And they're charging sixty dollars for it. When I'm still baffled when you told me that. Still blew my mind. Still blown about that. Yeah, that. Yeah, I can understand why it would baffle people because. From the initial price point that they announced it as, I did not get the impression this was a full-on retail release. I thought it was like a like indie a game 20, sort of style. Okay, it's only it. digital. I don't think it's coming to stores. Um, is it coming to stores? Let me look. I don't know. I'm too sure if it's coming to I'm stores, looking. Tyler. I have not seen any type of advertisements uh, for the thing on like Bayonetta. sites like Amazon. What the fuck is this game called? Bayonetta Origins. Bayonetta Origins. Oh, it is coming. It is going to be a, digi- a physical release as well. Mm, I see. Bayonetta 1 on PS3 is $60 right now on Amazon. What's $60? Bayonetta 1 on PS3. It's $60 yeah, on... for a PS3 and... copy, yeah. Um, oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't... Much more rare, maybe? I have no Who idea knows? what the fuck that game is, or... It'd be, I, I, <laughs> you know what, Gables, I'm just going to say it. Bayonetta 3 was mid. I don't understand. Mid? mid. It's middling. It's it's a seven. <laughs> it's a seven. The fact that a game got an eighty okay. eighty nine over critic is baloney. Um, <laughs> you know, you get close to protocol sixty seven. 
But we're going to give Bayonetta 3 at 89? Fuck y'all. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Glitzer Protocol, also uh, mid. But <laughs> it's more upper mid than Bayonetta 3 is. I said it. That's right. I said it. Um, anyways. Same day, March 17th, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Okay. Man, I'm so hopeful. Well, that's that's supposed to be like a interesting game from yeah, what I've seen, so but uh, I'm hoping that this is going to be better than the original one. Yeah, the first one. one was also mid, um, but there was so much potential there. But there was just so, like I played the game at launch; it was not done. Yes, this the first one should have came out in March, but instead it came out in November. So hopefully, this game coming out in March got the four months it needed to actually be done. Um, but it doesn't yes. determine EA putting a game out right before the end of a fiscal year always scares me uh so i'm hopeful this game comes out and it's good it's done no major issues um but just the they you know they just like the thing i said about the first game was they just try to take so many different things from other games and but they didn't do a good job of like which is not a problem but like they didn't do a good job of melding them all together um so i'm hopeful they figure that out figure out what didn't work and what did work um take out the, the uncharted 4 mudslide shit you don't need to do that um but uh, yeah, like they try to make it a you know a Metroidvania Souls-like game, um, with Star Wars, which honestly sounds fantastic. Um, but uh, they yeah, I just I don't think they nailed everything. But they also wanted to make it like Uncharted-like with a lot more exploring. And just, I don't know. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful they figured it out it's good. The 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 story in the first game release was really good. Um, and the combat was fine. Um, I actually went back and I, I started replaying it because uh, on Game Pass. And I was like, I'm going to check it out. And I'm like, maybe this game's better now. Uh, and I played it for like three hours. I'm like, no, nah, it's still mid. So uh, I'm hoping, hopefully, I hope it's good now. It's Respawn. Uh, I love Respawn. Just Titanfall 2. I'm always, will always love you because of Titanfall 2. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful it's good. Uh, but it better be good, Cables, because otherwise, March 24th is coming. And we're talking about mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4 Remake. That is the one in the first portion of this quarter that I am interested in seeing and also most excited about. Because that one seems like it's going to be... It's going to definitely surpass a lot of people's expectations for it. That's what I'm getting the impression of early on. It seems like a lot of quality of life improvements, and it also seems like that there's going to be a ton of freaking coverage on this remake when it comes out. I I was thinking about this the other day. of Like, what... Like, if I were going to go back, like, time capsule this at the beginning of this year and, like, into 2023 when we do our game of the year list. Obviously, a bunch of shit can happen that we don't know about yet that get announced, come out later this year. Um, but, like, I feel like going into 2023, if Final Fantasy VII Rebirth doesn't come out, this is probably my game. This has to be my game of the year. That's where I'm at with this right. game. I was like, this will be surefire top five, top three, top one game of the year for Tyler. Um, that's where my, expect- my expectations are at. Uh, hopefully it hits that. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Uh, but man, I've, everything we see for this game just looks phenomenal. And I'm all in. So. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, last but not least, March 28th, Crime Boss Rock Hay City. That's that weird game with like Danny Glover as Glove, uh, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Um, uh, Kim Basinger, Chuck Norris, all those guys. They like they show like they announce all the characters at Game Awards for this game. Uh, 
but they show but no shows gameplay. Zero gameplay. <laughs> they have no idea what this game is. I think it's like a heist game, like a payday game or something like that, or like the Grand Theft Auto Five online heist type of shit. Um, but we have zero gameplay. I don't. I think it's only like a forty dollars game, so it's not even a full price game. So um, this game just looks like something that would have been a, a cool, fun game that we all would have talked about and raved about. Like it's like a fun, you know, it's junk food game in like two thousand eight, but now it's twenty twenty three, and like it could be that. I don't think it will be that, uh, but it could be. I don't know. Um, I don't have high hopes for no. this game. It's kind of like with the whole ARC game that's going to be coming up with Vin Diesel. I oh, don't trust it at all. Yeah, which is funny. They announced it again, like <laughs> three years ago. We still have zero gameplay for that one. So, um, yep. yeah, that is um, <laughs> everything we got right now for like gameplay and stuff for, for games with dates and shit for Q1. But Q1's looking very, very good. The first half of this year is absolutely. actually looking uh, absolutely amazing. So let me try to get back here. There we go. Boom. All right, we are f- back to normal here. Um, but yeah, that will do it for the news this week. So, Gables, let's jump on over to what we've been playing. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first, buddy? Tyler, why don't you go first okay. this time? Give me a second here. I gotta do a time code here. But uh, I have been playing really just, you know, like I've dabbled. Like last weekend, I was kind of like dabbling, like jumping through games, like see, like playing some like Game Pass games, checking out, just downloading some stuff. Like, Went back, played like Marvel Spider-Man, doing a new game plus on that one. Right. I actually beat the DLC for that one. I never beat the final DLC. Good. Uh, very good. I'm super pumped for that. Uh, what was your favorite DLC from the initial Spider-Man thing that you hmm. played? I honestly don't think I really liked it all that much. Um, <laughs> I liked the story a lot with like with uh, Black Cat and stuff like that, and like you know the whole like pregnancy thing. And um, but I, I well I liked the stuff at the end with Yuri a lot where. Uh, you like there's a the, the side quest you can do minor spoilers for that one she's like the yes. like the lieutenant who's suspended and she gets mad that like um like this mob mob guy worked for the hitman for the mob was like got away with all these murders and she ends up killing him um yep. which is kind of fascinating so I'm good but like they just kind of leave it at that in the DLC so I'm kind of fascinated do that I still I don't think I like DLC though that much because I felt like it was just like it just felt like really really hard. For like for unnecessarily, uh, a lot of and it's like I, and the hammerhead was not like that great of a final boss, like great great of a boss. And that final boss was, eh. but um, yeah, the whole thing with like uh, like with hammerhead and stuff, I didn't really particularly like or something like that. I think the the one that I kind of liked the most was with the black cat yeah. stuff because you were at least getting like some bits of like uh, pieces here and there in regards to the whole. The whole like various things of her heist, and you're just like tailing yeah. her the whole entire way and stuff. That was at least fairly interesting, yeah. but it was just something that I had. Remember completing? I remember going through at the time because I was just interested in just playing more Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I agree. Like I really liked um, playing. Yeah, I love this. It's like I love like like we go through like in the office, you can like see like the newspaper clippings because like he's been he's been Spider-Man for like five six years at this point. It's like. Like I like the, him just like filling in the gaps of like what he's been doing in that time, and like I just kind of like that gap, like that put in there about like him and Mary Jane being broken up, and he was dating a black cat and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, I started, I started, like I said, the new, new, um, excuse me, new game plus. Um, I've only played like three hours of that. Um, I'm gonna go through that, but um, I picked up Marvel Warfare Two. Uh, they had, GameStop had it on sale for like fifty bucks. I bought it. 
I've only played the first like two missions though, so I haven't played too much. I just got it the other day. But uh, the game I have been playing a lot of, or I ha- I had been playing a lot of, I finally beat it. I finally fucking beat it, Gables. Thank fucking God. Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Um, this is the PSP All remake right. slash remaster thing. Uh, Gables, I hate that fucking game. <laughs> I hate it so fucking much. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like everything I hated about like. Even like JRPGs as a kid, like the cringy, like just like mannerisms, like the always putting your hand behind your back, or like the the random yelling and the grunts, and uh, like just the stupid dialogue. Uh, yeah. And I thought like you know like part of the reason I like remake so much was like it didn't have that. It, like it's still like kind of goofy in ways, but like it like the dialogue and the story was actually like really really good, and like the the characters were really good. On uh, this one, just wasn't any of that um and like well that's the thing man i mean you're looking at a game that first released like on the psp back around 2007 and that was the prequel to the original final fantasy 7 and of course you played through the original final fantasy 7 as well now that i think about it and what's interesting about that is like there are definitely some bit of refinements i've seen in regards to the game like when it's played by different people and stuff like that. Like I watched some bits of the gameplay of Maximilian yeah. dude, how he was boring, burying throughout that stuff. And, uh, throughout my own experience playing it back on the PSP back then and stuff, I had similar issues. I mean, I did like the combat. Yeah, the combat was it. fine. The cutscenes were pretty good and stuff. The end game of that, the whole game I thought was my favorite part of that yeah. entire game. But, uh, I, what I remember liking most about it was like, uh, if even though you did like side quests and stuff, they weren't fairly yeah. long. They're like maybe a few minutes at most. No, yeah. But uh, uh, I yeah. definitely like I didn't mind the side quest stuff, like you, like the mission things, like they were kind of cool and like definitely a like, great mechanic for like being a mobile game, like or being on a mobile platform in PSP. Um, and, like yeah, it was cool because I went to like two three minutes. Uh, but just going like ah, I'm just like it's like they did this whole thing about like oh this is Air's first love Zach. It's like. You spend like a grand total of like 10 fucking minutes with her. Uh, but then she writes yeah. you like 78 letters, like a psychopath. Um, <laughs> you've been gone. You were like gone for like 14 months, but you had no idea. Like I'm spoiling the fuck of this game. Uh, but uh, like, you were gone for like, I think it was like 14 months or something like that. And like, but you don't know that you're gone for like 14 months. You just like kind of like find it like in like an email that I was like, oh, I've been like being, I've been experimenting on for 14 months. Uh, or like, I hate when you like, like you like do like the, the weird objectives they have you do in like combat where it's like, well, the, the, they're trying to drag this person away. So you have to like fight them off to prevent them. Or there's always like these weird like scenarios they throw in on top of oh, yeah. the, uh, the gameplay and like the, the fighting, uh, in between every now and again. Uh, and he's just randomly doing squats all the time for no reason. Um. Yeah, I the, the uh, that goofy like superhero type of like uh, trope and stuff like that with the mm-hmm. Zach and stuff. I actually think it was more kind of like almost like a common man just looking at it as like, oh, you're right, all right, whatever, what the fuck. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I, I hated playing. I just there's some cool stuff in there. Like I love like some more stuff with, like Sephiroth and stuff like that. Obviously, anytime Sephiroth theme plays like. Uh, I can't hate that moment, um, no matter how bad it can be, because uh, that that might be my new favorite like theme in all of gaming. Like it's up there now with like, um, but like uh, what's um, what's the fucking main bad guy? 
Genesis. Oh my god, Genesis. Maybe the oh, yeah. worst character in gaming history. And I was like, <laughs> I was hating it, and I was saying that while I was playing this game. And I read about him, and apparently everybody in Final Fantasy VII fandom agrees that he's just the worst thing ever invented. Um, which that's about no, you can't get. 20 people to agree on what color blue clue blue from blues clue should look like what color he should be but everybody agrees that genesis was awful um which is just baffling yeah um yeah it's it's interesting right because the whole thing about that entire game is you have like pretty much like a three-way kind of like power struggle between like angeal genesis and oh like uh sephiroth and God, stuff like angeal that and the whole too. it all sucked i know that's the thing that's the thing though man it's like genesis all these Genesis clones, all these various other clones and stuff like that for Angeal. And then like, uh, it, it was just, yeah, it's definitely of like a toss, you know, because the whole story aspect of it in terms of those characters, not as flushed out as they could have been. Obviously Genesis, I don't really remember him much as a villain only because it was just that, you know, he was just like kind of like a one and done sort of character to where it's like, there really wasn't anything that he did that really made me want to, hate him, hate him, not like, say, like a Sephiroth instead of Final Fantasy VII sort of way, but, like, that's that's the thing, though. I mean, the only things I really remember about Crisis Core is the gameplay, that leveling up mechanic with BMW. the slots, and also, yeah, yeah the BMW stuff, plus uh, some of the cutscenes look pretty yeah. and stuff, but, you know, what's kind of hilarious about it is, like, those cutscenes are cut straight out of the PSP yeah. port, and they're not even. And what's remastered. weird is like, there's worse. random cutscenes that are like fully remade, and then, but like yeah. only a handful are. It reminds me of like way back, like with like playing like Tales of Symphonia for the first time, and there was like a handful of moments where like they did like full anime cutscenes, and they were fucking yep. awesome. But they only did it like yep. three times. <laughs> but like this game was that, but it's like. But even worse, I mean, obviously, Tales was like, there was like regular cutscenes and they're like, here's just full blown anime cutscenes. This is like, here's this cutscenes that are ripped from a 16 year old PSP game. But then here's like PS5 top end graphics of of this game. I'm like, why is happening? <laughs> and I'm even more like, I'm, I'm happy they put this out and played it because like, I, part of me wanted me to play this. And that's the reason I beat it. Like, luckily, it only took me like 14 hours to beat because like, I was reading it like, it could take like, it's not that yeah, long Yeah, but, to like, beat. I was reading, like, I did, like, I was looking up. People were saying, oh, it's, like, a 25-hour game. I'm like, oh, my God. Apparently, that's if you want to do everything. Um, if you want to do everything, yeah, it would be, like, yeah. about 25 hours. But uh, it was more or less created as a handheld game first yeah. in mind. And so it's more appropriate to that type of time frame to where it's, like, a 9 to about 14-hour yeah. type experience. I was, like, experience. hour seven and a half, and I was like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> like, I just want to beat this fucking game. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy it's over. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy I beat it. I'm just like baffled. Like, why did they put like other than wanting to get my fifty bucks for this game? Why did they make it? Because like, it has to somehow tie it. in with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It does it. It doesn't at all. It no. It will probably have something that's going to tie in to Final Fantasy VII it Rebirth. Doesn't. I could tell you, unfathomably, all it does is fill a little bit of backstory about Zach. Um, that if you want to play Rebirth. But, like, honestly, it adds zero context. Because if you just play Final Fantasy VII OG, everything's in there for this game. Everything is in there. Yes. Like, all the info you need about Zack is in there. You get everything you need from that game. That's a much better game. You can do Watch. it. Watch. 
Just no, you watch. Cables, they didn't change anything. <laughs> Squared. They're gonna tell you something I'm, from that Crisis Core. Into put, the I'm gonna next spoil. One. I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil remake cables. You want? You don't want to hear about it? Put the headphones down. Nah. Okay. Okay. Give me. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll wave like this when you're good to come back. You can't hear me. I don't know why I'm trying to talk to him. So, at the end of remake, spoilers. I'm gonna cover my mouth so he can't read it. Zach lives. Zach lives. People. He lives. Cable's just walking away. I don't know why he's walking away. I didn't tell him to walk away. Uh, so Zach's alive. So none of this matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. I just played this shitty game for no fucking reason. And it drives me fucking nuts. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I... I'm so... I'm so happy. Uh... I, re- I'm, I really, oh my god, I'm so happy that remake is so good. After playing this, because it could have been so much worse, um, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, that's it. Doesn't fucking matter. Gables, Gables is gone now. I don't know what to do. Like, I was done. Um, yeah, but anyways, <sighs> fuck that game. Fuck that game. You're good, Gables. He's coming back now. I can see him. He's coming back in his fucking stupid fucking Niners hat t-shirt. A fucking asshole. Son of a bitch. Look at him. For YouTube listeners, he's in the background putting his dog to sleep. Um, but for you know, if you're watching YouTube, you could see him back there putting his... Fuck the Niners. Fuck them. I hate the motherfuckers. Anyways, hey, Gables. Um, welcome back. Yeah, <laughs> we've been... sorry. I had to yeah, step out for a minute, and then I come back in. I realize I left my oh. dog out inside the box, and I look, and he's actually sleeping in his box with the door open. I'm like, oh well. But okay, yeah. tell me about what you've been playing, buddy. All right, gee, where to get started? Well, Did first you and just foremost, a list? I do have a list. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. I usually you pick up a pad of paper, like a little notebook. I'm like, does he have a list in front of him right now? Okay. Let's yes, go. I do. And this is something I've held with me for quite a long while. This is Jesus, a little spiral notebook I have when I write down of games I've beaten for the year. And I usually write them down because, for one, I love to have that type of a backup as a point of reference for game of the year stuff. So first and foremost, I played Vampire mm. Survivors. I went so far into it, I ended up beating Vampire Survivors. How do you... And here's the thing. I ended up beating Vampire Survivors of this thing. I actually got the end credits There's of that credits? stuff. And uh, yes, there is credits. And you want to know, it's like there's this one level where you go – and you have a choice between two different types of relics, right? And uh, you can grab one relic and stuff, and uh, if... Oh, boy. There's, like, a specific thing you have to do, and then you can get the other relic, but you could face this boss. And uh, I did this, like, around 40-something hours in to this game. And uh, ended up beating the boss, and that's how I got the... That's how I beat Vampire Survivors. But uh, overall... I went through a whole bunch of different things with the game. 
I didn't unlock every single character, but I did go forth and uh, played through a lot of the various ones that had like achievements tied to them. I got the entire achievements for the regular I'll game. Right now. Yeah. Did you buy the DLC yet? It's two fucking no, dollars. I didn't buy the $2. DLC. I know it's two dollars. I know it's two dollars. But uh, yeah, I spent about forty-eight hours playing Vampire Survivors. In total, beat the game, got all the achievements for the main game. Did not touch the DLC portion of it. It's one of those games where I played through it and stuff. And I'm gonna set this down because I wanted to focus on playing another stuff now. And what's interesting is towards the end of the year last year and stuff, I picked up a game. What? You put 48 hours in this game? I'm looking yes, on the I Xbox did. app right now. That. Oh my God. Yes, I did. And that was from starting Christmas day all the way up until like around late last week. So it's it's all two Jesus weeks. Christ. Okay. <laughs> it was a fun ass game, but, uh, Here's the thing about it. It's like later. Okay, the tail end of last year, PlayStation Network was having a sale upon different types of games. And so there was one that was $4 that tied into something that I love very much, and that's fighting games. So there is this Samurai Showdown collection that's on multiple different platforms. And I picked it up for $4. And what this curtails is the Samurai Showdown games, like one, one, two, three, four, five. Five special and five perfect, so you pretty much get these entire Neo Geo like collection stuff for like a specific platform, say like for PSN or for Xbox or for Steam or for Switch or whatsoever. So I ended up picking up for four bucks on the PlayStation Network because I had a interest in playing through the Samurai Showdown games. I played through every single one, the arcade modes, and what's hilarious about it is. New Year's Eve, I beat the original Samurai Showdown. That game's arcade mode is infamous for me because the gameplay of this fighting game is a lot different than some other fighting games. You don't do a lot of button mashing. You do precise strikes. You do a lot of patience and try to bait your opponent into attacking you. I've beaten, I think I've beaten this game once before, but that was through an SNK collection on the PSP. <laughs> Back around 2008, <laughs> I had the game on the Wii Virtual Console at one point, and I still do have it on uh, my Wii U because of the transfer stuff. Like, I pretty much have all my Virtual Console games I have, I have, like, through the Wii, still on my Wii U. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, this was a fun experience going through, like, a retro a retro like escapade through the samurai showdown games oh man let's see out of the ones i've played through let's see i've played through and beat all the arcade modes of every single one of the samurai showdown games so obviously one through five special perfect the ones i remember the most here let's see samurai showdown 2 was definitely one of the ones that i liked the most the visual style of it was beautiful absolutely beautiful this game came out like around 94 95 ish on the neo geo console and also in arcades and the the whole 2d animation of it the character sprites everything else so hyper vivid and stuff when you do like decapitations or other types of like end things with your opponents and stuff it literally just goes through and just like that's perfectly good details in regards to like a lot of the actions a lot of the other stuff but uh 
I will say though, I think I think one of the aspects I really loved from playing Samurai Showdown Two was just like the variety of characters that was inside of it, plus a lot of uh, a lot of the difficulty spend from the tail end of the arcade mode. Like the typical arcade mode in Samurai Showdown, you have to fight every single fighter inside of the game, including yourself. It's like a mirror match. So that was pretty fun. So all throughout those games, I played as Halmaru, which is like one of the key characters of Samurai Showdown. So I beat the original, beat the boss and stuff. It was fine, you know. There was a couple battles that kind of got me kind of uh, a bit frustrated upon it, like battling against Charlotte, one of the fighters in regards to that, which kind of looks like Charlotte the wrestler in real life. I'm not not shitting you, dude. You look at Charlotte, and she's like this knight and stuff like that with this lance and all this other stuff. And she reminds me so much of Charlotte Flair in, in the hmm. WWE. But uh, <clears throat> Samurai Showdown 2, there's this end boss that's called Mizuki. And she's more like one of those evil kind of Chandler sort of characters. And so this mystic sort of Chandler and stuff that will steal your soul, do this, do that and stuff. And she's kind of creepy, kind of like all this other stuff. But uh, she was very fun to play against. But I think my least favorite Samurai Showdown game from what I played, I have to give it to the Samurai Showdown 5. Because 5, there wasn't even like little bits of blurbs of like text or anything after each re- like after each battle that you had with fighters. It would just cut into like the next battle. And there was like certain things that felt like they were kind of cut out and stuff like that that really kind of dimin- diminished the experience. Even like when you beat the final boss of the arcade mode, there really wasn't much of a grandiose sort of like thing. But uh, with 5, 5 Special, and I think 5 Perfect, you couldn't get the real ending to the arcade mode unless you did a specific move to the four boss characters to to end it up, like, finishing them off. So for Maru, I faced off against one of the bosses, right? And that's where my arcade... That's where my run ended. And I'm like, why is the game over? I mean, I beat this guy. I pretty much did save states and stuff all the way through, you know, and I didn't lose a single round. I looked it up online. It's like, oh, I have to do this this cinematic sort of, like, finisher. Mm. And it it I have to do, like, a quarter circle to the left plus an attack button. And that's what exactly what I did, you know? And it's like this big old grandiose sort of, like, execution sort of, like, attack and stuff. And you have to do it on all four of the bosses and stuff in order to get this, get past and beat the arcade modes for those three specific games. But yeah, the Samurai Showdown games are pretty fun. Absolutely a blast to go forth and play. They have save states. You can go forth and mess around with certain things. But other than that, though, let's see. There is a couple other games that I have played, but excuse me for one okay. moment. Gail yeah, was walking over here. All right, okay. I'm back. Had some family stuff. Anyway, so that goes on to the next game here. I did follow a recommendation you had for me for Super Ooh. Kiwi 64. I had a chance to buy that along with a slew of games on Switch off through a, a sale. And uh, I played through the entirety of it, and I did complete the game, Super Kiwi 64. It's a pretty fun little light experience. The game's okay. It's definitely inspired that to like the N64 games like Banjo-Kazooie, and that's it even has some key references to specific things inside of Banjo-Kazooie in one of the secret Ooh. levels. There's like a little cart. There's like actually a little uh, stop and swap key and also like a little N64 cartridge <laughs> that 
that's hidden inside the game. So that was fun. Each world, each level was was different in regards to the explorations in terms of collectibles and that stuff. I like the ideas that they had for some of the explorable worlds. All in all, it was like about eight levels, but each level had like about six, like uh, big old like gears or whatever the hell to collect throughout every every bit of them. Plus, you had to collect all these like rand. I they're the equivalent of like notes or like coins or something and like other platforms yeah. and stuff. But like I said, 100% completed it. There's actually cheat codes inside huh. this game, which is kind of hilarious. There's this like one. There's this one point where you can unlock. You can go through and like collect. Once you collect all the things from levels, you have the, you have an option to unlock this specific mode, to where you could use your little Kiwi character to like, do like these attacks with some of these little symbols and each each little code or something that's inside of uh, you'll find throughout each level, represents one passcode that you can use. So, for example, one of them has a code that'll transport you to a different level that has like the secret secrets and stuff. That's how I found the references to Banjo Kazooie for like the stop and swap key plus like uh, the N64 cartridge. One will have like big head mode. One will actually have first person shooter mode. Huh. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so where you have, you're like a first person, like a, with the Kiwi and stuff and you have that big old beak protruding yeah. up front and stuff. It's actually pretty funny. Let's see. One will make the Kiwi gigantic. And uh, one, you'll actually transform into one of the character that helps you fly out and stuff, the pilot and stuff with his little plane and all this other stuff. But like I said, this game is super fun and stuff. It was a little like about $3, but it was pretty nice to deal with uh, a lot of the different experiences in regards to playing through this game. I think it's okay. I didn't think it was like a game that uh, immediately you'll go forth and try to replay anytime soon. And it's just because it's it's... It has a good base premise of it, but it is lacking in certain key details that kind of make it more memorable in regards to a solid, like, N64 style platformer. Like, there were some issues that I had when you went with the camera to where you'll see through the environments of some things, or you'll have, like, weird, like, uh, well, that's a lot of weird stuff that you would not expect to get to or gain access to, but you end up doing it anyway. But yeah, Super Kiwi 64 was pretty fun. But uh, the last games that I ended up playing, though, were part of the sale that I went through and did on the Switch. Like, I picked up a couple games on sale for the PSN stuff, but I also picked up plenty for the Switch. And the ones on the Switch that had a deep discount were the Mega Man titles. So I played through the original Mega Man 1 and 2 again, this time on Switch. And what's so hilarious about that, it's like throughout like a week span, like roughly a, a week span, and even parts of like the week before that, I've beat like about 10 games so far this year. And that was just through, that was just through a process of wanting to play some new games. And Mega Man 1 and Mega Man 2, I've played through the games different times before on different platforms through GameCube, through Wii, through freaking. Oh, God. PS4. And now, like, on Switch and stuff. They're just fun handheld yeah. games. I mean, literally, you could just take these ones on the go. And that's pretty much the most appealing thing about it. You know, having a lot of these Mega Man games now on my Switch. 
where I've already had like the Mega Man X collection, like the the first part of the Mega Man X collection and stuff on my Switch already. And like getting the original games, playing the first two. What's hilarious is when I went through the second one, Mega Man 2, I started off with Bubble Man first. Bubble Man is like one of those characters, it's one of the few, one of a, one of like maybe two characters I'm very comfortable with just beating with like the normal power up of Mega Man. Because I usually go Metal Man first, and then I go like in a different pattern and this and that. But by doing Bubble Man stage first, I can actually go to Heat Man and all of a sudden go like to a different type of stuff, like another level after that, like out of sequence for me. And so the last man I actually, the last Robot Master I end up facing was Wood Man, which is hilarious because I never used this, he never used his power once throughout that entire playthrough. Because it basically acts as a shield, right? And uh, I don't really use Woodman's shield that much. But uh, through the later parts of the Wily stages, that's when you're going to be using a lot of these power-ups. Like Crash Man, for instance. There's this one dedicated boss to where you have these five like laser beams, right, that are decorated throughout the levels, but you also have these breakable blocks that can only be broken through Crash Man's ability. So you have to do a multitude of balancing, okay, if I go into my separate costumes for like special like one, two, or th like one or two where it just creates like, no, like actually no, one or three that creates these special platforms for me to get higher, I don't have to break some of these blocks because you only have a limited amount of Crash Man's like uh, power in order to use to destroy this boss. Meaning if you run out upon the last enemy, which I did a couple different times. Yeah, you're not going to beat this boss. So I end up having to repeat that a couple different times for that boss. But yeah, you know, that one that one was something that I found kind of interesting throughout this playthrough. The one with the big old dragon that the first Wily stage where you get chased by that dragon and stuff. I had to literally try to test and find out which weapon it was weak to, and it was Quick Man's Boomerang. That was the one that uh, got it down quick. But one of my most favorite parts about this game is, like, the end boss, where you finally get to Dr. Wily, right? You defeat his, like, robot stuff, but it, but he runs off, and there's, like, a, there's like a, another stage that opens off that's, like, separate from the Wily stages he has. And then once... You enter that level, it's it, the music's silent, right? And the only sounds you hear is, like, what looks like apparently, like, uh, blood or something like that dripping from, like, the slide tights or something like that, like, inside this cave or something down right here. But once you get into the room, you face off what you think is Dr. Wily, right? But then he metamorphosizes into, a, like, a freaking alien, right? And then you go through this ep epic battle to where you have to use the bubble lead, like Bubble Man's weapon in order to try to defeat Wily's like alien sort of like stage, it's relatively easy to go forth and avoid his projectiles. It's basically he'll just go around you and stuff, just shoot one laser and stuff like that and try to go quick like. But the thing about the bubble lead is you have to get point blank. Like you have to hit him point blank or else it's going to just drop and to just go on the floor and stuff. That's how you use like certain that power up in like previous stages because you'll discover invisible pitfalls yeah. inside of some of the levels. But yeah, beating Mega Man 2 and stuff like that, that's always fun. I love the end sequence of Mega Man 2 because you have Mega Man walking and it looks like the seasons are changing and each season or something like that matches a different color of his helmet <laughs> through all the different power-ups. 
But yeah, I want to see where this little Mega Man escapade of mine is going to be going off to because, like I said before, I did get a lot of Mega Man games. And how many did I get? I got Mega Man Collections 1 and 2. And I already had the X one, so I got X Collection 2. And uh, yeah, I have the Mega Man Zero and the ZX Collection now as well. As well as Mega Man 11. Are you going to get the Battle Network (laughs) Collection here soon? I may do that in April because... I've never played those games before, and I have some interest in playing them since they were only Game Boy Advance exclusive. Well, wasn't there games. that one that was on like GameCube that came the Battle Network game on GameCube? Battle Network. I think it was like Battle yeah, Transmission. Yeah, I played or something. I remember that and playing a chunk of that because I liked the anime back in the day. So, oh yeah, the anime thing that was fine. I mean, I remember watching some bit of it in Kids WB yeah. back then, but that was like early two yeah, thousands. Yeah, it was always on right before Yu Gi Oh, so I watched it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now I remember it. <laughs> that's it, man. Very cool, Gables. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. It's good to be back, though. Um, we'll be back in a few days. We will, we're going to, right after this, we're going to record our Fantasy Critic draft. We'll talk about we're going to do that. So Ooh. check back on in a few days, and we're, we're, uh, you can you can watch that. Um, but, yeah, um, I was supposed to was Tyler. And I've been Girdle Gables. Until next time, everyone, game on. Thank you, Gables. Yeah. Wait, wrong way. Wait, this one. Here, too sweet? <laughs> too sweet, man. Bye, guys. <laughs> See ya.